Jackie and I celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary in March. Pretty cool thing for us, 26 years. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, she is so lucky. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I, I think you were you're thinking that. But I was thinking, you know, every, every anniversary has like a special, uh, you know, like a, a precious metal or some kind of special theme. I don't know if you've ever looked that up, but like year one is like paper, you know, because you, you can't afford anything. So there's like year one, there's like year two, there's year five. But for our 20th, I really wanted to go all out. For our 20th wedding anniversary, I figured, hey, two decades, 20 years, that's a long time. You know, that's 20 years of her being so lucky. You know what I'm saying? And I figured, how am I going <laughs> to, I'm so busted when I get home. Uh, 20 years, what am I going to do? And uh, the 20th anniversary is platinum, if I got that right. Uh, and uh, so I was kind of worried because platinum uh, can be kind of expensive and I didn't have a lot of money. So here it is, our 20th anniversary. It's platinum. I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? And so I racked my brain, you know, did a lot of, you know, soul searching, if you will. And uh, I came up with the perfect idea. Uh, I, I came up with an idea that wouldn't break the bank, but it was like a piece of art, a piece of artwork and it was kind of organic because it involved an actual long-stemmed rose. How did I accomplish all this, you wonder? I found a rose dipped in platinum. Isn't that gorgeous? What a beautiful piece of art that I... Why are you laughing right now? Don't look at Jackie. So I wrap it all up. I'm pretty excited about this gift and... I present this to my lovely bride on our 20th anniversary, and she opens it up, and she just looks at it. And I think her first words are, what in the world is this? I believe that rose is somewhere at the bottom of a pile of other gifts I've given her from the as-seen-on-TV aisle at Rite Aid. Um, I'm not very good at giving gifts, right? But uh, it's interesting, when when you think about gifts... It's one thing to do the giving part, but there's also that receiving part, right? You've been there. You've, you've had a gift that maybe it wasn't what you were hoping for. Uh, you probably see that in your kids sometimes, your grandkids. You try to tell them, keep a game face on when it comes to whatever Aunt Marge brought for you. You know what I'm saying? And so you're trying to help, you're coaching your kids. Okay, if it's, if, it's, if it's not the one you want, just smile and wave. Whatever you got to do, you don't want to, you know, show that disappointment. Kids are pretty honest that way. But receiving, the receiving of something is pretty important. So to to prove my point, I thought we'd do a little game in here just to make you uncomfortable. So you're welcome. That's why you came today. Happy Mother's Day. So here's what I want you to do. Look around you. Look around you. You got a probably spouse, friends, somebody in here. You know them a little bit. Hey, think of a compliment. Now I want you to be able to to give a compliment to someone and then I want whoever you gave the compliment to 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 return the favor, give give you a compliment. Could be, hey, your smile's wonderful, you know, appreciate your child your 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 suit or it looks great or your shirt, or thanks for showering today. Whatever it might be, I want you to just take a few minutes now, give some compliments. Go. Give and receive some compliments. If you're getting a compliment, you just say two words, thank you. Two words, thank you. It's all you say. Appreciate your smile. Glad to see you today. 
Are we giving compliments here? Only positive things, compliments. Did everybody feel like you got a compliment? You know, it's weird. We, we, we're not good at receiving compliments. Receiving things are kind of hard. Receiving is, is very difficult. That's probably why Jesus is quoted as saying in Acts, you know, it's better to give than receive, right? Because receiving can be a little bit difficult. But we're talking about receiving today because I believe as we round out this series, we're in week four now of 316, the numbers of hope. As we round this out, we're going to talk about receiving, but we're going to talk about it in a way that I don't think you've maybe thought of before. And so we're going to continue this. This is episode four. If you came the first time on Easter Sunday and you made it this far, way to go. That is awesome. You made it all four weekends and that is just, we honor you for that. Bless you. I believe God's going to do some powerful things in your life when you give him some time. You know, let him work on you. Uh, let, him, let him do some things in your life. But we're ending the series today uh, because we, 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 we found that this verse, John 3.16 is where we've been focused for four weeks. This verse has been called the hope diamond of the Bible. And we said from the beginning, that if, if you're, you're brand new to Scripture, you're brand new to the Bible, this is the place to start, John 3.16. It is the ground zero for every follower of Jesus. And if you've been following Jesus for a long time, this is a place you need to return to over and over. This is ground zero. This is the gospel good news in 24 words. Uh, and we're going to say it together here in a few minutes. But today we're going to be looking at the very last part of the phrase, about receiving, and what exactly are we going to be receiving when we turn to Jesus? What is he doing for us when he, when he allows us to be born again into his family? What do we receive? That's what we're going to be leaning into today. So my name is Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're here, and uh, let's, let's take a moment and pray, and then we'll get, we'll get rolling. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love for us, your faithfulness, your mercies that are new every morning, even today, this morning. Father, we thank you so much that you love us so much more than we could possibly imagine, even though we're probably more sinful than we even want to admit, but you love us that much. And so, Lord, we lean into that love this morning, and Father, speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So on Easter, we talked about how God so loved the world. He so loved the world, and that means you and I, we are so loved. And not only does he just love us, he he out of that love, gave us his one and only son, that is Jesus, put on flesh, walked among us, God in flesh, paid for our sins, past, present, and future. That's the depth of the love that he had for us. And, and then we, we talked about in, in week three that, that our role is really to, to receive that, to, to, to believe that. And, 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 to, and we talked about biblical faith being something more than just it might be true or we're just going to raise our hand. Biblical faith actually means that we're trusting, trusting in the integrity and the goodness of God. So that's what biblical faith is all about. And today, we're going to round out this whole series talking about the things that we receive when we accept what Jesus has done for us. Some powerful things. So remember, we've, we've been in John 3. And uh, if you've been with us the whole time, uh, I'll just give you a quick recap for those of you, this is your first Sunday with us. John 3 is where we've been, and it's, uh, it's a great chapter, and it really flows from a conversation. John 3.16 comes in the middle of a conversation between Jesus and this guy named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a religious leader, and uh, 
kind of a famous guy in his own right. He was part of the Jewish ruling council uh, in the first century. So the Jewish nation was a, a nation really occupied by ancient Rome. And it's in this very small part of the world, uh, still in Israel today. But uh, in Jerusalem, Nicodemus, that was kind of his base of operations. The Jewish ruling council was there not just to do religious matters, but also for the nation. And so Nicodemus, a pretty important person, he comes to Jesus at night, not trying to expose himself too much because he's, you know, he doesn't really know Jesus, but he's heard of him. He's heard Jesus has done these great things, and he wants to know a little bit more. So they enter into this conversation. And uh, Nicodemus has got some small talk going on. He's like, I know you must be important because you're doing great things. God must be with you. And in that, that moment, Jesus cuts off all the small talk and says, you know, Nicodemus, if you really want to be part of God's kingdom, if you want to be part of God's family, you want to be part of God's network, you want his blessings, you have to be, remember what he said, born again. How much of a role did you play in your own birth? Nothing, Right? Your mom didn't consult you at all. You were, you were born. It happened to you. And so we're born again. So Jesus talks about born again, and that's got to really throw Nicodemus for the loop because he's like, well, born again, that means I have no effort involved in this. And remember, that was a collision of philosophy about how to get God's blessing and God's favor because Nicodemus had grown up his whole life trying to get everything right, to, to make sure all of the religious boxes are checked, to make sure he's got his, you know, showering every day, whatever. He's got to make sure everything is going to be right. Got to be at Jerusalem so many times a year. Got to make sure you have the right sacrifices. It was exhausting. This is the world that Nicodemus was in. And Jesus comes along and says, no, actually, God does it all. This is a conflict a conflict here. And Nicodemus is confused. He's, he's scratching his head. And at that moment, remember, I think we can picture Jesus smiling at Nicodemus. And he says this hope diamond verse. For God, you got it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What a powerful statement. Now, we've gone through this whole thing. We've, we've dove deep in this series. Now we're going to look at that last phrase, should not perish but have eternal life, have eternal life. This is, this is an interesting thing. We, we can understand he loved us so much. That's a powerful thing. And we can understand that he gave it all. He came and, and it took care of our sin issue. He gave his own son. And then, then we get to believe, put our faith and trust in that. And then it says that we we're going to receive this not perishing and eternal life thing. What does that mean? You know, it didn't say, you know, that whosoever believes in him will get a badge that says you're a good person. It didn't say whoever believes in him should be a great religious person. Whoever believes in him is going to have a, a, a better life. It doesn't say anything like that. Maybe how we might finish that phrase so what does it mean? What are we receiving there? We'll not perish, but have eternal life. There's something big here. And I got to tell you, growing up, we had to memorize this verse. I think I memorized it in the old King James Version. Some of you still like that version. It's one of those old faithful versions out there. Great version. But I, I memorized this, and I think what I always thought about that last phrase was, I mean, I, my mind, I thought about heaven. I mean, what about you guys? And when you think of this, who, who thinks that kind of talk, is talking about heaven? Who thinks that kind of talking about heaven? I mean, it sounds like it is. Like, right, the, wh whoever believes in him is going to have this 
afterlife thing. They're going to get this, you know, when you die thing. It's going to be, we're calling it heaven, and there's streets of gold and all that, right? Those things that we learn. And so I think I, I misunderstood this verse quite a bit. I misunderstood that because I kept thinking, well, that's just all about what's going to happen after I die. But, you know, I hope I don't die right away. I still got life to live. So what does that mean for me to receive a not perish eternal life thing like right now? I mean, I gave, gave my heart to the Lord when I was 15. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to go to heaven. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, we have some description of it, but we don't really know for sure. We know there's going to be new heavens, new earth, new creation. It's going to be a beautiful thing, right? There'll be no, no, no crying. And that's, that, that all sounds great. But that just seemed like this far off thing. And I always read this verse thinking it's just talking about, okay, when I die down the road, then this is going to be pretty cool. But what about right now? And, and maybe you thought the same way I did, that maybe this is just talking about that thing that happens when we breathe our last here. Is there something more? What I love about this, let me just ask you a question. Uh, who gets access to this not perishing eternal life thing? Whosoever. Max Lucado, he did a great job of talking about this verse, and he said, you know what? believers and, and all of us alike need to understand that God has a whosoever policy. He let you in. He let you in. He let me in. He has a whosoever policy. Whosoever believes, God has a whosoever policy. And, and because of that, everyone has a chance to this great, not perishing, eternal life thing. But again, let me just beg the question, what is that? What does that mean? Is it only heaven? Or is there something more? Is there something more intended by this statement that Jesus gives? He, he speaks about being born again. This is all God's work. And, and, and God's done all the heavy lifting. And so he's allowing you now, all of us, whosoever, we can now enter into this new life with Jesus, this new way to be, a new way to be human. And is that only for when we die? Or is there something more? And this is where maybe you and I got it wrong all those years, that maybe there's something more than just what's to come. You see, I think that when we come to Jesus, it's not just about a, about a get-out-of-hell-free card. I don't think that when we decide to follow Jesus, it's a free ticket to heaven when we die only sort of thing. I actually think it's a little bit more. I think when we come to Jesus, when we're, when we're, when we're born again, like he says, you know, all God's work and we, we trust him, we put our faith in him, we become a follower of Christ, we're getting so much more than just a f- get out of hell free card. I think we're getting access to a whole new way to be. I love what N.T. Wright, N.T. Wright did a recent translation of this verse. And listen to what he says. He's a scholar, a British scholar. And here's how he, how he translates this verse from the original languages. He said it this way. This you see is how much God loved the world. Enough to give his only special son so that everyone who believes in him should not be lost but should share in the life of God's new age. You see the way he put that? We actually share actively now in God's 
beautiful new age. So, so that means that the minute you and I decide to follow Jesus, some radical things have happened. And we now get to walk in the new era with God. We are actually now, even though we, we, it's, you know, heaven's still there and it's beautiful, it's a wonderful thing, we actually start living the kingdom, heaven, eternal life way now. We actually get to walk in the kingdom way day one. We don't wait for this thing till we die. Actually, God wants to have us the abundant life. In fact, even Jesus himself said that. I've come that you have life and life abundant. I want you to have the best life now and not yet. So we get to live in the kingdom now and the not yet. So when we're practicing kingdom ways now, it will echo into eternity. I mean, love, patience, generosity, those don't end when we die. Those are kingdom values that carry on. This is who we are now. In Christ, we're new humans. And another thing happens. What else are we receiving? So that's, that's a reality. That's number one, right? We, we get to receive the now and the not yet. Not just the not yet. We get the now and the not yet both together. We get to walk now. That's, that's number one. Number two, we also, we also have the gift of the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in each of us. That is a powerful thing. I realize that there's some mystery to that. The Holy Spirit's always been one of those, you know, one of those ideas that's been difficult. I mean, God the Holy Spirit coming to, to live and take dwelling in us to empower us to do great things. That's always been a little bit hard for me to totally explain. Maybe if some of you have it figured out, you can tell me later. After we're done, you can kind of lay it out for me. But there's some mystery to that, and I'm okay with mystery. But the, the Spirit comes to live within us. In fact, Acts 2.38 says, hey, when you're responding to Jesus and you say, I want to be all in with Jesus, one of the things that happens, actually there's two things. We have forgiveness of sins. That's pretty awesome. Forgiveness of sins. Past, present, future. Forgiveness of sins is a huge thing. It's like wiping the slate clean. It's like when I was a kid, that was such a good feeling. When I was doing the Etch-A-Sketch, and I'd screw up, and then you could just shake it, and then it's a clean slate. Jesus comes and gives us a clean slate. That's a beautiful thing. But the second thing is this, that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in, in us. Every follower of Christ has the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, come and taking up residence in you. Why? To empower you to live the life of the kingdom way. To empower you to live out those kingdom values, both now and the not yet. So we're receiving quite a bit here. But the main thing I wanted us to see is that we get to live the kingdom way now, not just when we die. So those things, let's let's just be practical for a minute. When you're you're driving and someone cuts you off and you want to give them a number sign, when you choose not to do that, that's a little bit of a, a kingdom decision. When you decide to be generous, which doesn't even make sense sometimes, that's being a kingdom person. That's beginning to show what that kingdom way is all about. We begin now, once we start following Jesus, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do these kingdom things that maybe we wouldn't have before. We're we're more kind, more loving, more generous, more patient. These are the kingdom ways. And so when it says, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, this not perishing eternal life starts the day we come to Christ. 
And he takes up residence in us and begins to do powerful things. In fact, he says, you know, unless, unless you get the Holy Spirit in you, you're not producing fruit. He wants to produce fruit through you. Fruit's a beautiful thing. It's got sugar in it. I like it. And it's pretty. God wants to produce that in your life. The Holy Spirit comes to take residence inside you. And there's one more thing that's important about that. The scriptures tell us in 2 Corinthians 5 that the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of us is like a guarantee of the not yet. A guarantee of the not yet. We're walking with him now, and it's a guarantee of what's, it calls it a deposit, almost banking terms, a, a deposit guaranteeing the not yet. And the not yet's going to be great. I think that's going to be awesome. We're going to be reacquainted with people. You know, I'll get to meet my grandpa. I'd never met my grandpa, my dad's dad. I'd love to, love to meet him someday. The now and the not yet. I don't know how that's all going to play out, but we have a, a, a promise and a deposit guaranteeing the not yet, but we get to live the kingdom way now. And there's one other thing that we're receiving, and I think this is powerful. We receive a new mission in life. We receive a new mission. God calls us to now be ambassadors of reconciliation to the world. That God wants humanity and him reconnected. We get to do the work of reconciliation. Well, God does the work. We get to be his ambassadors to bring his reconciliation work to the world. That he's reconciling people back to him. We get to be part of that. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We get to be ambassadors of reconciliation, a new humanity. So we're getting so much more than just a not yet. Does that, does that make sense? We're getting, we're getting more than just a, a ticket to heaven. We're getting so much more when we decide to put our life in Christ. And that Holy Spirit deposit within us is a guarantee of that not yet. I love what Max Lucado, I'll quote him one more time, I promise. That's it. Really appreciate his work in ministry, by the way. Written so many books. <clears throat> Anybody ever read Max Lucado in here? So I'm not alone. Okay. He said this, we lose so much in life. We lose sobriety, solvency, sanity. We lose jobs. We lose chances. We lose at love. We lose youth and its vigor, idealism and its dreams. We lose much, but we never lose our place on God's whosoever list. That's good news. Isn't that good news? That feels good just to say that. Feels good to hear that, doesn't it? We don't lose our place in God's whosoever list. So let me, let me bring this all back to where we started. All right, Nicodemus, whatever happened to that guy? You ever wonder, didn't Paul Harvey used to say, and this the rest of the story? Anybody ever listen to that? What happened to Nicodemus? What, what happened in his life? Some of you may know, but we, we, uh, we do hear about Nicodemus again. So he has this powerful, crazy conversation where Jesus throws out word bombs like born again, right? And, and that God does all the work of salvation. I mean, Nicodemus' world got rocked by that conversation. And I would make the case that it changed the course of his life forever. He was never the same Nicodemus after this. He was a different Nick. How do I know? If you have your Bible open, you can start turning a few more chapters down the road to, to chapter 7 we meet our friend Nicodemus again. And remember, he met Jesus at night. He probably had more than just one meeting, I'm guessing. I bet he was probably like a fringe disciple. I'm just making the case for that. I can't prove that. But in chapter 7, 
He's standing there with his peers, his buddies at the Jewish ruling council. And you know who he's defending? Jesus. Now that's a whole different ballgame now. Because he's with the Jewish Sanhedrin, this council of 70 that was a pretty big deal. And for him to be standing up for Jesus Christ in that group was not only dangerous, it probably meant the loss of his job, the loss of his, his, his power in Jerusalem because most of the Jewish council did not like Jesus because Jesus was a threat to their system. Jesus was a threat to them. And they could not allow this Jesus to keep going on. And so they were making plans to deal with this Jesus problem. And Nicodemus stands up for him. Is that the, the rest of the story? Not quite. We meet him one other time. Toward the end of John's gospel, in John chapter 19, we get to meet Nicodemus again. And this time... Remember, he's made this progression. He has this conversation with Jesus kind of at night. He's learned the way of Jesus a little bit. Now he takes it public to his friends and his peers. Now he takes it public to the world because he gets Jesus' body off the cross and buries him. That was very public. If, he, if people didn't, knew, didn't know that Nicodemus was a disciple before then, they knew now. And that meant Nicodemus was on the radar. He was a, one of those people, one of those Jesus people. It, it changed the entire course of his life. Nicodemus wasn't just changed for one day getting heaven. He took up Jesus' offer the day he made it. Nicodemus is like, I'm all into that. And it changed his life forever. You see... The conversation continues. We ended in John 3.16, but in John 3.17, Jesus clarified for Nicodemus and for us and for the world. He said, the son of man, and he's talking about himself again, God did not send the son of man into the world to condemn the world, but he sent him in, why? To save the world. That Jesus' mission was to save. Nicodemus' whole life, it was you better get things going and Jesus is actually, I'm the Savior, and I'm going to do all that work. Came to the world to save the world. Have you taken up the offer? Jesus offered it to Nicodemus, and he still offers it. If you're someone that's never said, I'm all in, I want, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you could do that today. Come find me, anybody on stage, you can do that. Anybody that was praying here, we all know how to, how to help you take that next step. But, but, but don't leave here without doing that. If you've never made that decision in your life, it, it's very simple. We believe. And that believing is a trust. We trust in God's goodness and we trust his integrity. Believing, repenting of our sin. You know, and that's not just saying sorry, it's turning from it. Confessing Jesus as Lord, being baptized into him, and most importantly, starting to live the kingdom way right now, right today. Living in the now, waiting for the not yet right? You could do that today. Now, some of you, many of you here have been following Jesus for a while. So my question is, how are you living? How is your living? Are you living the kingdom way? Are you planning to live the kingdom way Monday or Tuesday or Friday? Are you living the kingdom way? Generosity, kindness, forgiveness, humility. This is the kingdom way. And this is how Christ followers live. So if you're a Christ follower in this room, that's your cup of tea. 
is to live in the, the fruits of the Spirit. Let Jesus produce that fruit through you by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Surrender complete to him. Let him do the work of generosity, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. He wants to produce fruit in your life. I love what, uh, I love what scholar E.A. Bloom said. He said, eternal life is a new quality of life which a believer has now as a present possession and will possess forever. So here's the only point today. Live the kingdom life now. Live it today. Live the kingdom life today. The Holy Spirit in the, in the lives of every believer in Christ, every follower of Christ in this room, surrender, let him do powerful things through your life. He wants to produce fruit in your life. We connected to Jesus now. He wants to produce that fruit in your life to bless the world. It's a, it's a fulfillment of all the biblical scriptures, really, to produce fruit, to fill the world, to bless the world. Finally, we can bless the world with the good news that Jesus did it all, covered it all, and we get to believe and receive all that goodness, both now and the not yet. Imagine if every one of us in this room were living out those kingdom values. I mean, just pick a couple of them. What if we were the most generous people in the community? What if we were the most patient or kind? What if we were the most loving, faithful? These things send ripple effects into a community. What if we, imagine if we in this room, just us in this room, were acting like that in our world. So come Monday morning, if you're a follower of Christ, you're living the kingdom way on Monday. And one day, we're gonna see what the not yet is all about. But he saved us. He's given us so much. We receive it today. Walk the kingdom life today. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love, your faithfulness, your mercy to us. Lord, I pray for every follower of Christ in this room that you'd empower us to live the kingdom way this week. And for those who maybe haven't decided to be part of your kingdom, that, Lord, you'd tug on those hearts, that, Father, your hand would be there to guide them to you to draw them to you by your kindness and love and your forgiveness. So, Father, I pray for every heart here, no matter where we're at, that, Lord, we would begin living the kingdom way, both now and we're waiting for the not yet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.